Alrighty, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast as we get ready for week number 10 overlapping with the Masters Golf Tournament. Some great golf today, Wiz. Hopefully you took some of that in. And by the way, that was intentionally done, that scheduling. It's the first time since 1993 that there are more 4 o'clock games than 1 o'clock games, and there'll be no 1 o'clock games anywhere on CBS because of the golf. Oh, okay. Very, uh, very nice. Yeah. And uh, it seems like with the Masters, it seems like at least the first couple of days is they got a, about a lot of action. Um, today they had to complete the first round. Tomorrow they're going to have to complete the second round. So hopefully those delays, uh, they'll finally get caught up with everything. Yeah, it's the one uh, thing that they're up against this time of the year with the uh, amount of sunlight that they're actually able to get. So it's a tricky part for them. But uh, folks at the Masters have this figured out once they get the field uh, down to, I guess it's the top, something like the top 50 in ties. I think that I think that's what we're talking about. So there'll be less players on the course and they should be able to finish things up. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that this weekend. Uh, or oh, the game last night, you know, we, we talked about the Indianapolis Colts from a fantasy perspective. And if, if a game epitomized that last night from fantasy purposes, that certainly epitomized it. And there was also some frustration. I know you and I both own AJ Brown in a couple of leagues uh, that was a surefire touchdown down the sidelines. You know, he dropped that ball. Actually, they threw to him again in the end zone on that little one-yarder, um, but it was thrown behind him. It was, a, it was a frustrating game for me to watch from a fantasy perspective. Uh, what was your take on the game last night? Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about the points for that game, I don't know. It's like they knew. Somehow they know. Uh, that line seems so strange. I talked about that. That the Titans should have been a three-point favorite, solid, and the Colts had gone to like a one-point favorite. It was like they almost had today's newspaper, uh, like I mentioned. And the Colts came back and won that game. And the boy, the Colts, the Colts look good. If they can become more consistent on offense, um, uh, they'll be good. As far as the you know the, the 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 game and the player props and the wagering, man, it was, it, it, it's tough. It's very difficult because they have a lot of personnel, and Frank Reich really seems to like once the game starts, it's like there's no set plan. It's like a uh, running back gets in there, and if he starts playing well, the other guys go to the bench. I don't know. I was, I was really surprised and kind of disappointed with the use of Taylor. He came out of the game, and he was physical, and he looked fast, and they threw a couple of short passes to him, and he had an 11-yard catch and a 14-yard pass, and he was very physical in some of those runs. I mean, he's just much more of a physical running back than either Wilkins or, or Hines and just limited usage. He, he got a, a couple of really tough fourth down conversions where he was hit behind the line of scrimmage and still was able to convert. I, I don't know. It's frustrating. And um, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I think it's getting to the point where you, you really can't start any of those Colts running backs um, with any confidence. And, uh, but I'll tell you one thing, Mike Pittman, he looks big and he looks strong out there and he looks like a really physically imposing receiver. He kind of reminds me of Vincent Jackson with the Chargers, but he's got that same body frame and the physicality about him. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Pittman's a good, you know, going, going forward. I think uh, he's the one guy that really stood out to me that I like. 
Yeah, last night that was an impressive effort by, by him for sure. And uh, a lot of yard after catch action for him. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, you bring up Taylor uh, getting a couple of tough first downs, and uh, fourth down and one, converting some of them. And then and then on the goal line, they go to Wilkins on that short one. I didn't even understand that. Why isn't Taylor in the game? It, you know, you watch the game and you just get very frustrated sometimes. And uh yeah, that was, it was it was it was one of those situations. So you know that's uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, it is what it is. But so you, you just know that that's what you're going to be dealing with when it comes to the Colts right now. It's a, it's a very tricky situation. Um, what was your yep. take? What was your take on on, on Tennessee? Because Tennessee to me, I don't know. AJ Brown catching one ball in a game it seems like just an absolute ridiculous situation. Uh, even even John o. Smith really only caught one ball. He had a rush for a touchdown, but I don't know. Very weird game for for for, for the Titans offensively. Uh, you know, I know Derrick Henry got his. He got his hundred yards rushing. I don't. I don't know. I didn't like the way the passing game looked last night. Yeah, I think I think AJ Brown was set up to have a big big game. He caught a twenty one yarder in his first. You know, like the first play of the game, and uh, and then he had that pass. He had it twice. I mean, the first one right through his hands, and then he looked like he was gonna, you know, uh, catch it. You know, hold on to it after he bobbled it, and uh, you know uh, that would have been a long, long touchdown pass, which has been the case for him several times this year. And uh, it just seemed after that they just him and Tannehill were not on sync. AJ Brown dropped. Um, Tannehill threw behind them. Just you know, it, it was one of those games. I mean. Look, if you have A.J. Brown, there's not much to complain about. He's been a beast uh, since his return. Uh, you know, touchdowns, long touchdowns, catches against uh, everybody. So uh, it, was, it was just one of those games that just seems to magically happen on um, on Thursday night. And I was telling a friend who uh, sent me a text this morning, we were kind of like laughing about A.J. Brown and Taylor. And uh, I said, I'm getting to the point where unless it's Pat Mahomes, I think I just I'm going to bench every single player I have on Thursday night because it just it just, it just seems strange things happen on Thursday night football. Yeah, Thursdays Thursdays are tricky. Um, I was fortunate last night. I did start Mike Pittman in one league. I was going back and forth with a tight end situation. Who do I start, Jonu Smith or or, or Mo Ali Cox? And I just felt. Molly Cox was probably due to catch three or four balls. Most likely they'd throw the ball to him in the end zone. That, that's what I was looking for for him. If you look at Jonu Smith, since all the receivers have been back, well, basically since Davis is playing side-by-side uh, -side with A.J. Brown, um, it's Jonu Smith's production as a pass catcher has just dropped decisively. So I just didn't have the confidence in him, especially against the tough Colt defense. So with Jack Doyle out, I went with Mo Ali Cox. That was the rationale. He was actually Philip Rivers missed him. He was wide open for a touchdown. Um, he looked he looked at him way too late, and then when he did throw him the ball, uh, he had already turned up field and turned his head the opposite way. So you know that's the way uh, that's the way things happen. Fantasy football is. It can be very, very frustrating. I would say this has been one of the more um, interesting years in terms of trying to make decisions and figuring out what happens. It's been def It's been it's been tough. It's been really, really tough. So, 
Anyway, let's see what we can do uh, for this week and try to see uh, what direction we're heading in uh, week 10. you got a number of injuries and buys to handle. So I don't think, I mean, I'm of the belief that uh, David Montgomery won't play. You'll have to wait one more day, but he hasn't practiced yet. Looks like we're not going to see David Johnson. You know, how do you feel about guys like Miles Sanders and potentially Nick Chubb coming back? Are you going to put them out there regardless? You have no fear about that? You know, what's, and and also I'm curious, so you think, you know, in the case of, well, we know Duke Johnson's going to be the guy in Houston, uh, but what's going to happen in Chicago? Is it going to be a combination of Pat, uh, Patterson and Nall? Could you possibly see uh, Lamar Miller brought up? I think there's a number of different things to kind of talk about there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think as far as uh, Nick Chubb is concerned, I think from a fantasy perspective, you have to do whatever the Browns do. The Browns play him, you have to play him. He's an absolute must start um, this week uh, in, a, in a tremendous matchup against the Texans. So I'm starting that player with complete confidence. I don't own Miles Sanders in any league. If I did, I would start him with complete confidence as well. Um, and I got a feeling like <clears throat> that the Texans uh, are going to call up Lamar Miller from the practice squad uh, at some point over the weekend. I just think he's been with the practice squad for a while now and I don't know. They just may kick the tires there and see what they have. I, I just think like those other guys, you know, uh, you know, Patterson all just, you know, they're specialty type players. Um, and uh, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I have a feeling that they will call up Lamar Miller, but it's kind of a tricky situation. I did see when has given up the play calling uh, for the bears, which only can help. So <clears throat> we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I was very elated to see that because I've been criticizing Nagy for the better part of the last two football seasons. So, all right, on we go. Uh, love him and leave him for this week. We'll st- we'll start there and, and talk about that. Um, you wanna you wanna head us off uh, with the quarterback position? Yeah, I'll do that. Um, so I'm gonna give a quarterback one that I love, and then another one that's kind of down the road, similar to uh, last week with Luton of the Jags. Um, I'm not sure if I could strike that kind of magic again, but we'll see. A quarterback one is a quarterback that I very rarely talk about, is a quarterback that I love. But that being said, I love Jared Goff this week. Um, Off the bye, I think um, there's been some players that maybe have been banged up that are going to be ready to roll. I hate to keep picking on that Seahawks defense, but I got to keep picking on that Seahawks defense. And uh, I'm loving Jared Goff. I think he has a, a chance to finish as a top five quarterback for week 10. And then another quarterback who I've not been the biggest fan of, as you very well know, but I kind of like him in this week. Um, if you're in a pinch, I think he could start. Uh, if you're in a, you know, only starting one quarterback in your league and certainly in a super flex league where you could start two, I would start him in with confidence is Daniel Jones. And I'm thinking back at that match the, the first time they played the Eagles. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about the long run where he stumbled and, and almost had like a 75 or 80 yard touchdown run. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there, there were some real opportunities in the passing game and he just was a little off in that game. Uh, he was off and then he threw a beauty to Ingram that Ingram dropped. So I'm kind of thinking in this type of game if they could really if the offensive line could give him a little bit of time, I think I think that Daniel Jones can make some big, 
big plays in the passing game. So I'm loving Goff, and I'm loving Daniel Jones, and the quarterback that I'm leaving is the great young Joe Burrow. Um, a lot of respect for him. Terrific. He's had a great rookie campaign, but in this matchup at Pittsburgh, I just think their pass rush versus a suspect offensive line for Cincinnati is going to equal some difficult opportunities for Joe Burrow. So um, I'm leaving Joe Burrow this week. How about you? All right. So, uh, you know, again, we don't talk before before these things. We kind of fly, fly by the seat of our pants. But I'm 100% agreement with you on, on Jared Goff. Uh, there are multiple injuries in in that secondary for Seattle. Uh, they're going to be get, bringing guys off the street to play back there. It's an interesting game just overall. It's a big game in the division. You know, Seattle's coming off the loss. The Rams are coming off of a bye week. Uh, but I think Jared Goff's going to have his way. And I think if Sean McVay is smart, uh, they spread the field as they used to do uh, in the beginning of the season. I, I see big games from this receiving core as well. Tight ends getting involved. But, yeah, this is a big game for Jared Goff, no question about that. Um, the other quarterback that I really like this week is Drew Locke. Um, you know, Drew Locke had a tremendous week last week against the Falcons. I think he's gaining some confidence. I also think they're opening up the playbook. The skilled players are talented. Noah Font, uh, K.J. Hamler starting to get involved. Uh, Jerry Judy had his first 100-yard game. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders aren't exactly the best secondary uh, on the planet, and they have some injuries back there as well. So I like Drew Locke this week. The guys I'm fading, uh, I'm going to continue to fade every time I see him in the top five. I'm going to continue to fade Lamar Jackson. I think Bill Belichick makes life miserable defensively for for opposing teams' strengths, and I think he'll do that again in this particular ball game. So I don't see any effectiveness coming from uh, Lamar Jackson, and you know, until further notice, Lamar Jackson to me is not a top ten quarterback. He's not exhibited that for multiple weeks in a row now. Uh, so I continue to believe that's not going to be the case. And the other guy I'm going to fade this week is a guy who I've loved almost every single week. Even though he's a rookie, he has been super, super steady. I just have a weird feeling, even though I know a couple of key players are missing from the Dolphins' defense. But I think it's going to be a difficult game for Justin Herbert. I think traveling all the way across the country, never easy for, the, for a young player. Uh, you know, you could see a little bit of rookie wall. We haven't seen it just yet. I'm going to fade Justin Herbert this week. The Dolphin defense has been one of the better defenses uh, week in and week out, very consistent. So I'm going to fade Justin Herbert this weekend. All right, very interesting. And uh, that take us uh, take us uh, to running back. All right, in the running back position. Well, you know, I, I'm really looking at a couple of different situations here. You know, where where there are guys that are getting the opportunity to play because of injury. Uh, so, you know, the main beneficiary of that, I, I think Gio Bernard, you still have to continue to play him. Mixon's going to be out this week. Um, he's going to catch a lot of balls in particular in this game. So I really do like Gio Bernard as a guy that will actually have a, a, a very good game in this particular one. You mentioned Daniel Jones in this game. I'm going to go with Wayne Gallman, who's been very effective uh, for, I think three weeks in a row he has scored a touchdown. Uh, he'll catch the ball for you. Uh, I think the Eagles do have a solid defense, but... You know, opportunity knocks for Wayne Gallman. He's taken advantage of that. He's run hard, and I think he'll be very involved in this particular game. So those are two guys that I like that kind of going to sneak up on people and will have better games. Guys, I'm going to fade this weekend. You're going to laugh a little bit here, but I'm going to fade, believe it or not, I'm going to fade Cook this weekend. I am, I am fading Dalvin Cook. 
They are playing against the Chicago Bears. This Bear defense is a very difficult defense to play against. You know, Minnesota is not a strong passing game. Uh, I know lately they've gotten away with being able to throw the ball not as frequently, but I see Chicago packing up the box and making life very difficult for Dalvin Cook. So I think he backs away a little bit. That's just kind of my personal view. Uh, Call me crazy. And another running back that's been basically a top 10 running back all year James Robinson, I'm going to fade him from the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars. I just think this game is going to get away from them relatively quickly. And the advantage of having a guy like Robinson running the ball, I just don't see that happening. So those are my two fades at running back. I'm fading Dalvin Cook, and I'm fading James Robinson this week. Very interesting. Um, Okay, let's get to a couple of my loves um, I talked about him briefly earlier. I think right off the injury, Nick Chubb, I'm loving this week. I think he's running back one uh, in, a, in a tremendous matchup. The, the the Browns have missed him so, so desperately. They really have. It just, you know, Hunt is just better off in that 1A complementary role. Um, he's, a, he's a good football player. I'm not saying he's not, but he's not the one Nick Chubb is. So I'm loving Nick Chubb. I'm also loving Philip Lindsay. Uh, they didn't get a chance to do it last week because they were really fell behind against the Falcons and were kind of in pass mode. But I got a feeling there's going to be a changing of the guard there. And in a situation that it's a tight game, a close game, I think Philip Lindsay is going to get <clears throat> a lot of carries and the majority of the carries, and uh, be used a little bit more in the passing game. So I'm loving, I'm loving Philip Lindsay for this week. Is as as you know uh, for this week, and I'm with you on the fade. I'm fading James Robinson as well. I have that player, but I'm not liking the matchup, and I just feel if they get behind, you're going to see kind of a timeshare with Chris Thompson. <clears throat> so. While I certainly love the the play of James Robinson this year, I just don't love this particular matchup. So I'm kind of feeding I'm I'm feeding James Robinson this week as well with you. It's interesting. I I, I definitely had a notion to put Philip Lindsay in there. Uh, you know, we've been calling you know for most of this football season preseason that we thought Lindsay was the better option in fantasy on, on the Denver Broncos. And I, I agree. I think this is a good matchup to kind of let him go. I mean, the big problem with Lindsay is not being able to stay on the field a bit. But you know that 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 being said, he's the better player in that backfield. And I think uh, you know your your logic makes perfect perfect sense. So I, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one for sure. All righty, excellent. Without further ado, are we ready to move to the wide receiver position? Let's go for it. All right. So I'm going to start off with my absolute love. I think um, I mentioned this quarterback on my love list, and I mentioned this receiver on my love list, and I think he's going to finish in the top five. I am loving Cooper Cup this week, <clears throat> and I think Robert Woods will, will do some stuff as well, but I am I am loving Cooper Cup this week. I think he's going to have a tremendous game against the Seahawks. Uh, a little bit further down the list, uh, he missed last week's game, but I think Brandon Ayuk is going to come back and have a solid game uh, against the Saints. So that's another player down the road, uh, down a little bit further down the line. Uh, I think he's going to. I think he's going to have a, a lot of targets, and I think he's going to have a terrific game against the Saints. Uh, 
in that same game. I like Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he may have like a little bit more oomph in this game against the 49ers, if you will. I don't know how much you know fired up who be extra, but I'm kind of liking Emmanuel Sanders in this game as well, uh, being the complimentary guy to Mike Thomas. He he played well, uh, four catches and a touchdown. Is you know last game, and I think he's gonna. Um, I think he's going to keep rolling uh, in that secondary role. So I'm, I'm liking in that same game, Ayuk and Sanders. And then I'm going to give a guy that's probably not in the top, I don't know, 50, 75 uh, at wide receiver this week. But a player that I like and I think people should keep their eye on is Austin Mack of the New York football giants. Um, he got in there. He had a good week. Uh, and I think he's going to expand. I think he's going to earn more playing time. And um, I think even in this game, he's going to get in there and he's going to do something. So I'm going to sprinkle him in, in some of my draft teams lineups. His salary I'm sure is very, very low. So way down the list, my sleeper wide receiver, Austin Mack, New York football giants and my fate of the uh, wide receivers. The guy uh, wide receiver that I'm leaving this week is a player that's dear to my heart, but I'm half to fade Adam Thielen. Um, terrific player, but the bears do not let opposing receivers go off against them. So you have to have complimentary players, but you know, with Fuller and Eddie Jackson, those guys, they, they're they tough against opposing receivers, especially opposing number one receivers. So as much as this pains me to say, I'm leaving Adam Thielen this week. What say you at wide receiver? Okay, so I'll start with the uh, the fades first because Adam Thielen's at the top of my list uh, as well uh, for the same reasons that you articulated, so I- I'm right with you there. I'm fading two other guys because – Really, they haven't done a heck of a lot. I think I think one guy. Well, one guy is just. I think the the problem is that they're just not in sync and the chemistry is out there. So I'll continue to fade Chris Godwin because it's just been a very frustrating year being a Chris Godwin owner this year. And I'm going to fade the DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry, but you know I think he's playing hurt. It's been a challenge for him uh, this week. He's going to be going against Tre'Davious White of the Buffalo Bills quite frequently. And you know Christian Kirk has been red hot. I see that continuing. I can see Larry Fitzgerald continue to eat targets up. So I don't think they're force feeding. DeAndre Hopkins in the same fashion right now. So until further notice, you know, to list him automatically in the top five, I don't think is warranted whatsoever. So that's my, those are my three fades. Uh, guys I like this week. All right, let's go with Devontae Parker. So Preston Williams is out. Uh, I, I just think Tua showed us a lot more last week in, in his second start. So I really like Devontae Parker this week going against the LA Chargers and that banged up secondary. Uh, Houston, Cleveland, Houston secondary, not a good secondary. No Odell Beckham Jr. I can see this being very easily a game where Jarvis Landry's targeted anywhere from 10 to 12 times, comes away with you know somewhere between 8 and 10 catches and over 100 yards and probably a touchdown. So I like Jarvis Landry this week. And a guy from way back in the pack, and last week he had a big game. There was no Kenny Galladay. Uh, Matt Stafford leaned on this player. I know we picked him up in one of our leagues last night. Uh, but I'm going with Danny Amendola as a flyer for this week because I think he is a safety blanket for Stafford, and I think that will continue yep. with the absence of Kenny Galladay. Very, very nice. Very nice. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I have, I have Godwin as well. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of disheartening to see, I mean, could he have a good second half? Yeah. I mean, possibly, but, 
I don't know. They, they just the funny thing is, I don't know if it's funny or ironic or whatever you want to call it, is the you know preseason talk was that Godwin is going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy that's going to really, really uh, you know be rewarded with with Tom Brady. He's going to play the slot. He's going to be the one that's going to run those routes. He's going to ta- catch a ton of passes. Have a lot of targets and. Look, it's been a mixed bag for Godwin. I mean, he started off with a hamstring and broke his finger, and uh, and um, and you know he's he just hasn't been on the same page. So I think until further notice, um, I I can't disagree with what you said there. All right, so let's uh, let's roll into the tight end position. Uh, I, I see both of these guys being top five tight ends this week. I'm going with Mike Gesicki of the Miami Dolphins, and I'm going with Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, Goddard got the extra week uh, um, this week with the Eagles being on a bye week, and his first week back, he really didn't do very much at all, although he was on the field a lot, but they did not target him too frequently. I think that'll change dramatically this week. So I like Dallas Goddard and Mike Gesicki both in the top five this week, especially, like I said, Miami is lacking Preston Williams, so that helps out Kasicki a bit. And guys, I'm fading uh, two tight ends. Number one, again, Bill Belichick and tight ends. Then They're basically the top of the list in terms of defending tight ends this year, New England Patriots. So I'm going to fade Mark Andrews uh, once again. And I'm fading Gronk. Gronk made his way into a lot of top ten lists uh, over the last couple of weeks. But now that we've gotten everybody back in action, uh, I think it's more difficult for Gronkowski to be a consistent performer in, in, in the fantasy world. So I'm fading Rob Gronkowski as well as Mark Andrews this week. Interesting. I have completely different uh, loves and a uh, different leave them. So uh, I'm going to discuss three different tight ends, actually, than what you talked about. So my first, let me start with my fade, my leave them, is I, I see him ranked in the top five in some of these things for this week is I, I just have to feed Austin Hooper. I mean, can he have one of those games where he has catches? Yes. I mean, is the matchup good? Yep. But I don't know. I'm watching it. And, you know, I I kind of like, I kind of prefer Harrison Bryant. I certainly prefer Harrison Bryant as the season and going to next year. So I'm not loving Austin Hooper. Uh, I don't think he deserves top five rankings or anywhere near there. So I'm going to fade Austin Hooper. He's going to have to have a prove it like nine for 80 game before I, you know, start being okay with him being a top five, a tight end for the week. So I'm fading him. And the two tight ends I'm loving, I'm going to give one that I think will finish in the top 10 and one that's down on the list that I love this week as well. The first one is Eric Ebron. I think he's being utilized more. I think Pittsburgh is just kind of like saying, scrap this stuff. We're going to go with, you know, Three receivers. We're going to go with uh, uh, you know a lot of eleven personnel and then split Ebron out there and get him involved a lot more in the passing game. And uh, I think that's going to that's going to bode well against Cincinnati. So I'm loving Eric Ebron. And then I'm going to give a tight end that's certainly not in the top twelve this week. Probably not even the top twenty. Is I think you're going to see the reemergence of Tyler Higby starting this week. Um, He's been banged up, nicked up, playing through injuries, missed weeks with a bad hand injury. I think it was right around this time last year, a little bit later, but it was certainly in the second half where he went bananas. And I think the bye week is going to do that player uh, a tremendous amount of good. And I think in this juicy matchup against the Seahawks, you're going to see Tyler Higby 
get himself slowly but surely into the tight end one position every single week. So I'm loving Ebron and I'm loving Tyler Higby this week. Yeah, Higby, uh, you know, certainly had that monster second half of the season. That's for sure last year. So uh, hoping that he does uh, show some signs of life because he's been battling injuries as well. Uh, But yeah, I can't disagree. He's got a good matchup to do it in. That's for sure. All right, so to get to the, the wages, uh, games, I, you know, I looked at the player props and, like, some of these games due to injuries and because it's only Friday, they're not really out, so I'm not sure, like, I'm prepared with my player props. But as far as games for the week, sides or totals, is there anything that stands out to you as far as the games for this week 10? Yeah, I like the Miami Dolphins this week. Uh, laying one and a half, like I said to you, Herbert coming across the country. Um, I think the Dolphins have a lot of confidence right now. Uh, they're laying one and a half in this ball game. I like the Dolphins in this game. The only other game I really like this week, I think Green Bay is going to blow the doors off of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's 13 and a half points. Uh, I, I like I the Green Bay Packers laying those 13 and a half points. I think they win this game going away. All right, and I love a game this week, and it's not either of those games. And my my thinking for this game is similar to the reason that I gave out the Cowboys last week with the 14.5 points against the Steelers, is I am loving the San Francisco 49ers plus 9.5 against the Saints. Um, I think, you know, the Saints played an amazing game at Tampa Bay. And I don't know, you see all of these things in the paper and every show you watch, how the Saints have, you know, beaten Tom Brady twice and they've assumed control over the uh, over their division and now they're coming home against a non-division opponent and they're a nine and a half point favorite and their defense was, was amazing and now they're going up against a team that has a backup quarterback and their all pro tight end isn't there and their uh, number one receiver isn't there and their number one running back isn't there and I think people are expecting just the Saints to kind of win an easy one but I'm going to give it not so fast on that one. Uh, a tribute to my boy Lee Carso. So I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers plus nine and a half points as my one game of the week that I absolutely love. Yeah, that's an interesting game for sure, especially with with the Saint defense coming off that pulverizing of uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and then they come home to face the Niners, who have been maligned in terms of. I mean, I don't think many teams have been had more injury issues than the Niners have. So it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. I, I, I'm You're braver than I. I. It's something that I probably wouldn't attempt, but uh, it, it's an interesting call. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be a game where it's going to be a combination where, you know, the Niners are kind of like, you know, playing for their lives and the, and the Saints may be a little sleepy in this game at home. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I don't quite know if they're going to win the game, um, but I think it'll be a competitive game, and I think nine and a half points is uh, is much too much. Uh, player props go. Um, is anything that uh, you know you looked over and uh, and uh, you know got a line on that you absolutely love? So we'll continue to fade running backs against the. Uh... 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Mike Davis comes into this game not 100% healthy. I know there's going to be no Christian McCaffrey. Uh, 51 and a half yards rushing seems a little ambitious to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm fading uh, Mike Davis. I'm taking the under 51 and a half yards. Uh, I mentioned I love the Green Bay Packers this week. 94 and a half total yards from Aaron Jones. Uh, I'll take the over on the 94 and a half. Uh, I also like Mike Kosicki going over 34 and a half yards receiving this week. And one other pick, it's also from that Green Bay game. Uh, Josh Luton, uh, Jake Luton has some, has some, has some legs. I think the pass rush of the, of the Green Bay Packers is, is probably one of their strongest suits on this defense. Nine and a half yards rushing for Luton. I'm going to take the over nine and a half. Those are my four prop bets for this particular week. And, and just based because, like I said, some of these lines are not out yet. Of uh, the ones that I'm interested in, due to some, you know, the quarterback or some players being questionable. So when there's in a, you know, you have a situation where one player is questionable, the receiving core, they don't necessarily put up the other receivers. But I'm looking at one right here, and um, the Rams Seahawks, and I am loving Jared Goff over 292 yards. Uh, 292 and a half yards passing. I think he's just he's going to throw all over the place against the Seahawks, and I'm I'm going to double barrel that up with Tyler Higby uh, over 29 and a half yards receiving. I think that that one is going to be easy peasy. Uh, I really love Tyler Higby in that game uh, over 29 and a half. Like I said, I think he's been banged up, and I think he's going to come out of the bye week uh, with a vengeance, and I think they're going to kind of utilize him in this game. So. I'm going to love it. I'm going to double dip, if you will, with uh, Jared Goff and Tyler Higby in this game. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I, I see the Rams coming into this game. If you, if the Rams would have done anything, they would have watched the game film on the Buffalo Bills and what they did to them last week. And that's the way I see Sean McVay in this offense coming out. If they do anything differently, I think they're crazy. You know, you're going to just come out, spread them out, spread them out four wide, get Van Jefferson involved, get Josh Reynolds involved, get the tight ends involved. But this should be a pass fest on this Seattle defense. So uh, that's the way... I'll be shocked if a game doesn't play out that way. And I think Sean McVay should have his head examined if that's not the way he attacks the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, they're, they're kind of like a wounded, you know, they're, they're, they're a wounded animal right now, Seahawks. And uh, I think off the bye week, I think, you know, Sean McVay is going to, you know, go after that and be aggressive. I think you'll see some hurry-up offense out of them and, uh, and, and a lot of misdirection in the passing game. And I think... Uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna kind of throw the ball all over the Seahawks. Uh, so that's why I love those. Uh, you know a lot of those Rams skill players, Goff uh, and, and some of their receivers as well. So that's uh, that's how I view it. Plus the fact, remember Seattle's at a bit of a disadvantage. I don't I don't know if 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 Chris Carson's gonna play, but if he doesn't play, it takes away any ball control element that the Seahawks would be able to implement in the game. Uh, which is a big disadvantage for Seattle. You know, Seattle would love to keep other offenses off the field right now, but it's a bit more challenging for them to do that uh, given the current issues with the team. Yeah, I mean, if you watch what the Bills did in the game, I mean, they were doing a lot of stuff that the Rams specialize in, and, you know, that with, with misdirection and their receivers crossing over. And, you know, John Brown caught, I think, Nine, eight, or nine passes. He could have caught fifteen passes. I mean, they, they could have they could have just kept throwing the ball all day on them. The receivers were wide open, and uh, I think you're going to see the Rams' offense really break out in this game. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I'm not saying the Seahawks can't win the game. 
But I will say, I believe Russell Wilson is going to have to do an awful lot of cooking for them to win this game. Yeah, and, and remember, the, the Ram defense also is a solid defense. So I'm sure that on the defensive side of the ball, between Ramsey in the secondary, and we know what kind of havoc <laughs> up front with that uh, with that front four of, of the Rams and the pressure that they apply, uh, I think it's going to be a it could be a very difficult day for the, for the Seattle Seahawks. It could be a very long day. Yep, I, I agree. So we'll have to see uh, how it all plays out. Uh, anything else you want to add uh, for Week Ten? No, I don't have anything else to add. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to. You know, I complain week in and week out that there's so many games at one o'clock. So I'm going to enjoy actually watching. I'll probably go back and forth between the red zone and watching that final round of the Masters. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a fun Sunday for that. Uh, we haven't seen that ever. You know, the Masters has never been played this time of the year uh, under all the crazy circumstances that we're in. Um, but yeah, just just pay attention to those injuries and, and see who's in, and who's out. Uh, I think there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out still for the weekend uh and that's it yeah i'm excited for football i'm excited for the golf this weekend and uh you know that's it i, I have nothing else to add on this one is there, is there some sort of uh situation going on with the browns with their with their facility i mean i know is, is that game in some sort of peril this week nope. or a postponement or nope. i know there was there any update on that or no yeah, right now there's one player uh, that tested positive, but they said that the the show is going on. Uh, there's not any issues at the moment. So as far as I can see, I'm, I'm just checking right now to see if there's any update on that. And it looks like any updates. I guess now everyone's you know concerned who the player is, right? Well, that's the only thing. That's what I'm saying. You got to you know who who is that player. And, and I should point out, right? Remember, Roethlisberger still has to test negative um, a couple more times before they're going to let him play on Sunday. So if you're planning on starting Ben Roethlisberger and, you know, you don't have another quarterback, you need to pay attention to that. So the injury stuff and, and, and the complications around COVID, especially with the prolification of, of cases that we're having right now nationally, make this a bit more complicated. But somehow the NFL has been getting, you know, getting through it each and every week, figuring out a way to monitor and, and do this in a proper fashion, despite the fact that they're not in a bubble. It's really, it's really been an amazing feat for them, quite frankly. So, but yeah, no, there's been... It no- has been, but, you know, it's been, you know, it's been... It's been a little easier so far through 10 weeks. I think we're headed for a difficult stretch here, and uh, we'll see we'll see how it how it ends up you know playing out. But uh, yeah, I think I think there's a, a real level of concern about what's going to happen, especially considering that for probably 80 percent of the teams in the NFL, they've already had their bye week, so there's no maneuvering uh, with the schedules. I mean, if it's going to get postponed out of the week, it's probably going to get moved to such a point where it won't be in the fantasy football playoffs. That yeah, that makes it tough. That does make it tough. That does, that definitely make it. You know, look, we've had we've had different things to contend with so far this year. Especially if you planned at the beginning of the season, kind of matching off defenses. There's been bye weeks that have been switched and games that have been switched. There's all kinds of stuff has happened. But you know, somehow we're at week ten where there was a lot of people. If you remember back in August, and a lot of friends of ours were out there saying, "There's not gonna be any football this year." And you know, here we are in week ten. So I think we should be thankful that we've gotten to this point. You know, we, we certainly want players to stay safe, their families to stay safe, the coaching staffs, you know, all, all the personnel, you know, on each and every team. It's been a challenge. The NFL has gotten this far. Hopefully they can finish out what they've started and, uh, you know, have us enjoy, uh, you know, a, a regular uh 
playoff schedule. And that's just the one thing. I, I, I There is some talk still, and I believe this is going to happen, that uh, I, the, the final, either I think the semifinals and the final conference finals will be played in a bubble. Have you heard that? Yeah, I did hear a, a rumor about that, that they were going to try and do something with the playoffs. I mean, it would, it would, make, it would make sense. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that they're kind of doing this on the fly instead of, like, having uh, planned this one out already. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that works out. But, yeah, I think, I think it really behooves them to, to think about something like that. All righty, good stuff. So, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, uh, we are moving on to Week 10. Enjoy the Masters this weekend, and obviously enjoy all the football. Make sure you're watching those updates. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I wish you a good weekend, Wiz, uh, and have a very, very pleasant Friday evening. Yep, you do the same.